that's the thing, and right? People... Nobody, nobody can have an excuse to not be able to cook what they want to cook. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's got a phone in their hand oh, all really? the fucking time. Do you know what I mean? Just YouTube, how to cook steak. And there'll be like 40 million videos telling you how to cook steak. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, you live in an age where there's nothing you can't learn how to do on your phone. And if you if you don't use that, then that's just laziness on your part. And again, it comes back down yeah. to that. That's that's the biggest problem. People are lazy. Welcome to Gains and Pains with Scott McLaughlin and Colin McGibbon in association with Just Train and a ton of coffee, where we get together each week to talk health, fitness and some absolute nonsense. Hello. Alright, Scott's just disappeared. Hello. Hi, oh, he is. He's just not on my screen. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 56. Of gains and pains, your weekly dose of absolute shite. Um, so we're back again. Uh, yep. start, I'm going to put my drumsticks down because I will just tap with them all the way through this episode. So I'm going to put them away. Uh, yeah, we've just Would been having a, a briefly, <laughs> a, a weekly brief mini rant before we start recording. How's it going, mate? You're right. Yeah, I'm good, mate. Hey, good. Who am I kidding? I'm not having a kind of fun. That's a shite. Let's get the gyms open. Shut the pub. Get the gyms open. Fuck the government. Let's go. So, straight to the point then. <laughs> this week, we are talking about the, uh, the, the, the edict getting issued by everyone's favourite Prime Minister, Big Bojo himself, where he's taking a bit of a, a hard stance on obesity and unhealthy foods and all that. So... Buy one, get one free deals on unhealthy food will be banned as part of the government's bid to tackle obesity. Plan also Mm. includes restrictions on where foods high in fat and sugar can be promoted in store and new rules for displaying calories on menus. Amongst other things. Mm -hmm. Discuss. We should have got them on. Oh, could fit in <laughs> that amount of bumbling in one hour. I know. Right, so right, so to start off with, great idea. In theory, I'm fully behind that. Infinite, in theory, infinite yeah, cuts yeah. down the the sale of junk food and the levels of obesity in the country can only be a good thing, right? It's, I've seen loads of people run about it on Instagram, Facebook in the last day or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, it's all about the new government initiatives include banning TV and online advertisements for junk food before 9pm. Yep. So, I'm sorry, right, but <laughs> this is ironic because it was <laughs> about five past nine last night I ordered myself a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, that doesn't make a difference, right? It's not... All they're doing is they're not then putting it out there for kids because a lot of people eat much later. Mm-hmm. So, mm. and buy one get one free deals and such food, people would buy it anyway because they, they put a sugar tax on drinks to try to get people to stop buying sugary drinks. No, people just paid the extra. I mean, I've stood in Greg's before getting a coffee for like you and me or whatever, and I've and I've stood there and I've listened to say ten punters in front of me, all get told. I, I, uh, the Red Bull or the kind of Coke, so it's like an extra 30 pence called the sugar tax. Well, that's cool. People don't give a damn. They're, yeah. going to, they're going to keep paying it. So all it is is they're going, people are still going to keep eating it, get fat and unhealthy, and they're just going to fill the, the tax coffers up. That said, though, um, just to interrupt, surely you, by that standard, though, you can't just you can't just chuck it out and go, ah, oh, well, it's a waste of time. People are still going to do it anyway. By that token, no. then you'd be as well not bother on doing anything ever, and just Aye. sensible people will be sensible, arseholes will be arseholes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At people least, at least they seem to be doing something about it. If it, if that encourages <sighs> a handful of people to go, do you know what? I'm not going to buy these 
two massive family sized pizzas for me and my wife, I'm just going to buy one. Do you know what I mean? If it, if that affects a handful of people, then surely it's worth doing. Oh, oh, just to be just be clear on all of this, right? Just so we know, I think Boris Johnson's an asshole. <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate here, as is my job. I hate them all. Right? I can't stand the man or any of his Tory friends, right? But just to just to sit on the fence and be devil's advocate, right? It, it can only be a good thing, even if, as I say, it does affect a few people. I know, yeah, totally. Only for now. It's not obviously um, before we recorded. It's um. <laughs> uh, I think what this is, it's a political stunt. It's merely just to get people, because they've been getting a big backlash for not giving the nurses and all that a wage rise. So it's like, the so last four months, 8pm, clap the NHS, <laughs> well done. Oh, no, 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 no. you got to clap every night. You don't need a wage rise. And they've had such a doing off that now that, like, oh, we better show that we're supporting the NHS. So it's, yes. We'll do all this, X, Y, and Z. We'll ban these adverts and, um, and deals and stuff so people won't buy it, and that'll help save our NHS and take the strain off it. So then people go, oh, wow, Boris and these chums are helping the NHS again. And the blind followers of that kind of crowd will totally fall for that and think that this is the next best thing. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> the bit that got me was, well, as I was saying there before about the, the time, people, a lot of people eat after 9 o'clock at night. Most of my time, I'll have my dinner after nine o'clock at night just because of the fact that when I'm working, yeah. that's when I finish and then I can eat. Um, deals in food, like I said before, people will just pay the extra. They'll pay the extra money for it because they don't care. Uh, and again, you were playing devil's advocate saying that if it helps some folk, but it's like, it's like getting a cup of water and throwing it in a burning building. You're going to, you're going, you might get that wee pit, you might get one damp patch, <laughs> and uh, that's it. Yeah. But it's not going to stop. Yeah, I'm not suggesting for a second this is going to cure the obesity problem in the country, but nah. uh, you, you need to start somewhere. And if uh, ultimately it all comes down to educate, educating people better. Education, yes. Um, um, Again, I'm not, I don't mean in the sense that teachers need to teach people, but just people need to educate themselves better or the government or whoever's in charge needs to educate people better. So, again, if it's this is step one in that, then so be it. I absolutely agree. It probably is a political stunt just to take the heat off somewhere else. He right. said himself, like, um, well, all, all this stuff, they started talking about this like years ago with David Cameron. He wanted to impose loads of like um, uh, cuts on like sugar and fat and your diet and stuff like that and impose things and it all got shelved and the only thing that did kind of stick through Cameron and then what's her face Theresa May was the sugar tax Boris Johnson when he got into power said like I can't remember the exact quote but he was like nah it's just too much of a libertarian idea do you know what I mean people should be free to choose for themselves but then he's freely admitted since he got hospitalised for having Covid and and realised that well, again, we'll talk about the stats for this in a minute. They reckon obesity. If you've got, if you're obese and overweight, you've got a higher chance of like getting it or whatever. Um, yeah. He said he's realised himself being overweight has been more of a problem. So he's totally U-turned on it himself. And again, whether that is just something he's saying for political spin or whether he truly yeah. believes it, either way, um, there's been a change of heart there somewhere. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has to be a good thing. Interesting. Yeah, I think cause I, I, I want to go into a bit more detail, but one of the, the bits that stood out for me was it says about flagging calories on menus. Now, yeah, that, I, don't, that, I don't think that's going to make a toss of difference, certainly. No, because for a few reasons. One, people predominantly, if they're going for a restaurant, it's for a big meal, and it's I've been good in my diet for the last two yeah. months now, I'm going to go for a big blowout meal for a celebration. So yep. that's when they throw caution to the wind yep. and they don't give a damn. Yeah. But we went out for our first meal since, probably first meal this year, and definitely since the pandemic, right? We yep. went to the Spanish Butcher on Friday night. For our, we gave out all of, all of the members of our family um, get vouchers for um, Spanish Butcher for Christmas. Yeah. So they kind of wee Christmas celebration because Janet got the all clear from having cancer. Hey! Um, hey! Go, Janet! <laughs> um, so she got the all clear. She spent Christmas Day lying basically like Mr. Potato Head while her pieces lying on the table <laughs> getting sliced and diced right, right enough, eh? getting a rugby, rugby side ball tumour removed <clears throat> um, 
so we never we never had a Christmas last year. Yeah. Really. So this was a chance for us to go out and enjoy our meal and stuff. And it was a cracking night. And myself and Kirsty, we ordered an 800 gram Chateaubriand steak between us. <laughs> she had three slices and I inhaled the rest. <laughs> I didn't give a damn about the, the, cal- the calories, right? And the majority of people don't. There was um, our brother, Kevin, and his um, fiance Lisa, and they're both on a kind of diet just now. Right. They both threw caution to the wind. So if you're going out for a meal, the chances are you don't give a damn about calories. Yeah. The next point, and we're talking about the kind of so education, just, is calories. Sorry, just to skip back on that, what they're saying is the labelling of calories on menus will only apply to any restaurant, cafe, or takeaway chain with more than 250 employees. So there you're talking about chain restaurants and fast food restaurants, essentially, really, aren't you? Because yeah. if you go to, like, the Spanish Butcher, they're not going to have 250 employees, so they're not going to put calories no. in the menu. It's not going to affect, like, single restaurants. I don't think they're mm-hmm. not going, it's not going to be an issue with them. Again, that's going to come down no. to your McDonald's, your Burger Kings, who I'm pretty sure have calories and stuff on them anyway. Um, mm-hmm. sm- bigger things like that. And again... <sighs> As you say, if you go out, if you go at a restaurant, you're not giving a shit, right? If you go to McDonald's or Burger King or any of these sort of places, if you go to the Chippy, I'm pretty sure you know what you're eating is fairly high in calories. Calories high. Do you know what I mean? Even somebody who who doesn't, who isn't as educated nutritionally or whatever, if you you know if you go for a Chippy, it's not low in fat. It's not low calorie Chippy. You look at a big flame, you don't think, oh, if I touch that, that won't burn me. You're like, come on, yeah. you don't need to understand to as you get closer, oh, that's getting warmer. Yeah. Uh, and the thing with the calories is and this is the bit that gets me is you hear people talking about, oh, oh my god, that lunch is four hundred calories. Oh my god, that's so fattening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. And then you got that, that's not that's not bad. And they're like, no, it's four hundred calories, oh my god. And yep. you've got no concept of what it is. That's the thing. People are just gonna look at that that big number at the bottom, and that's all that matters. Now, if all you drank was black coffee and water, right, which a lot of us do. <laughs> now, <laughs> not so much with the water, that's to be said. Right. You put water in to make the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> if you do that and, you have a, and you're a female and you're trying to hit, I say, 1,200 calorie intake per day, you have a 400 calorie breakfast, lunch, and dinner, there you go, you've hit your target. Yeah. And pe- pe- people are like, they've got. They've, the biggest problem is that people are uneducated, and again, we're not talking about what you say about teachers. We're not talking about people think that they don't understand calories are and how it works. Yeah. People think that oh, I'll do this magic diet, or I'll do that magic diet. And we need to educate a grassroots. It needs to be for me. There needs to be education. Oh, what was the word? Uh, education affordability and accessibility. Yeah. If you get those three right, or in sustainability, but yeah. if you get those three right, sustainability will take care of itself. So mm. people need to become educated on exercise and movement and why yeah. like your UT2 training zone, which is your heart rate training zone where you're working about 70% of your max heart rate, that's where you'll burn calories and that's where you'll burn calories and you'll be in your kind of typical fat burning zone. Mm-hmm. So people need to be educated on that. People need to be educated on weight training and the benefits of it, and not be told that they're going to look like a jacked up dude on steroids. Yep. Or Emma. Um, <laughs> Emma is a jacked up dude on steroids, aren't she? Yeah. Only kidding, Emma. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, um, again, where, where does that start, though? Where do you start yeah. educating people there? Again, something we were talking about with Fee earlier on, like try to break the cycle of, uh, we were talking about like that 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 issue of like kids coming out of school and just being like, do you know what? I don't want a job. I'm just going to sponge off the stakes. That's what my folks do, and yeah. generation after generation does the same thing, right? How do you break mm-hmm. that? How do you break that cycle in terms of fitness and, and diet? Where do you start? Because you can educate kids in school as much as you like that you need to eat healthy food, here's your major food groups, you need to eat well and exercise and you'll be great. But if they go home every night and they're getting fed whatever, two Aye. frozen pizzas for the price of one and beans and chips and all the rest of it, how how do you break that? You need to educate the parents, but 
again, uh, if that's not coming from a kind of government governmental level or whatever, how does that get home? Do you know what I mean? The parents need that, to take note of that. Aye. An, an interesting concept is, and I've heard somebody talk about it previously, that folk go, why do you not eat healthy? And what's a lot of people's argument is it's too expensive. That's, that's the majority now, of the argument, isn't it? That's what people say. Yeah. Now... Uh, and it can so be. Early. I totally get that. Yeah, oh, it can be, aye. Unless you really shop about for good deals and spend a good bit of time doing it. Yep. It can be pricey. So if we flip that on the side, why... Like, what is it? Water is one of the most expensive things to buy. <laughs> well, most ex- one of the most expensive liquids to buy, right? But yeah, you're like, it falls out the bloody sky. <laughs> yeah. right. that's the problem fruit and veg can be bloody expensive to buy and good cuts of meat yep. right. so people then say they, eat, they don't eat healthy because it's too expensive so what on the flip side of it what they're saying is we eat shit because it's cheap yeah so if I mean the government's making god knows how many millions on tax out of the sugar tax right so if they, they can somehow subsidise the fruit and veg industry and help that and bring the prices down for that so there was not a massive cost on it, right? Yeah. So you can actually buy an avocado without taking out a bank loan. <laughs> then you and then bump the prices up for the junk food. Yeah. Well that that and that's that's that's, that's where they do have to take a stand and if this is the start of yeah. that, which in all honesty, I don't think it will be, right? But nah. if they do take that stance and go, do you know what, right? Let's let's totally flip that. Let's mm-hmm make sure that junk food, processed food and all the rest of it, you, you do pay a premium for that, right? Because yep. it's shite and it's bad for you, right? Aye. Let's take all the money we'd make from that and the tax on these sort of things help subsidise, as you say, fruit and veg, like farmers making fruit and veg, like cultivating fruit and veg, farmers cultivating cattle or whatever else, right? Meat, fishermen, so that fresh meat, fresh veg is substantially cheaper, but the folk who are producing that don't get shafted because that's the that, that, that's always the issue with like milk and stuff like that. Like dairy farmers yeah. get absolutely humped by the supermarkets. So you have to make it fair for the people who are putting in a graft to give you great fruit, great veg, yeah. great meat, great mm-hmm. fish, but at the same time make it affordable so that people can go two for one on steak. Brilliant. Instead of... I can get one steak for eight quid or I can buy five pizzas for that. Yeah, aye, Do you know exactly. what I mean? Because, uh, again, with the best well in the world, we've talked about this before, if people are, if, if you don't have a lot of money to spend on food, you're going to get get the most you can for your money. Do you know what I mean? If you've got, let's say, let's say you've got two kids, let's say there's four people in your house, right? And you've got X amount you need to spend on food every week. You're going to try and do as best you can, hopefully nutritionally. Yeah, I, I, but at I'm the same really time, awesome. if you can't afford steak or fresh fish or, or good quality chicken or whatever, you get what you get, man. And that the appeal is there. If you've got deals on for buy two bags of chips for the price of one, buy two pizzas for the price of one, or whatever else, it just makes financial sense to do that because you're still feeding your family and you're saving yourself some money. Yeah. But if the government takes the initiative to flip that. Uh, you got to think people would go for it. Do you know what I mean? You can't think no. people just eat frozen pizza because it's delicious, because it's not. Aye. When was the last time you sat down and had a frozen pizza and went, oh, that was good. I know. Mm. Yeah, totally. Aye. Yeah, I, I, again, to to be the opt- optimist, you got yeah. to hope this makes a bit of a difference, man. I mean, then the next part of the argument is that Okay, you've now been with now say, say for example in this kind of utopic society we flipped that we flipped the curve on it right or the we flipped the coin and went right. We've now got the cheap food, cheap healthy food, mm-hmm. brilliant, all for it. Tastes really bland and boring. We need to educate people how to cook it properly and how to make it tasty. Yeah, <sighs> and as a guy, simple as a Simon the guy, simply Simon or simply Chef, on Facebook or Instagram, yeah. and he does it where. He, He'll come to your house and he'll teach you how to cook really good healthy meals but make it tasty. That's the thing, and right? A lot of people... Nobody, nobody can have an excuse to not be able to cook what they want to cook. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's got a phone in their hand oh, all really? the fucking time. Do you know what I mean? Just YouTube, how to cook steak, 
and there'll be like forty million videos telling you how to cook steak. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we live in an age where there's nothing you can't learn how to do on your phone. And if you if you don't use that, then that's just laziness on your part. And again, it comes back down yeah. to that. That's that's the biggest problem. People are lazy. People don't care. Yeah, that, that's about people are lazy. Now here we go. Let's see. I like it when we talk about stuff that I can get really shouty about. Yeah. <laughs> it generally, I mean, it's usually diet related. It has to be said. Says me, who for the past like two months has subsisted on black coffee and biscuits mostly, and uh, and pizza, <laughs> freshly made though, none of your frozen fish. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I mean, how to cook steak? There you go. There's one um, next line. There, how to cook the perfect steak from BBC Good Food recipe. And it's such easy within thirty seconds. Yeah, man. It's no you excuse. Can find, and you know what? You start. You learn different ways of doing things. And yeah, it's fun. It's fun, I. I mean, I was. I've been teaching Abby how to do wee bits and bobs. I mean, we. <clears throat> what was it we had? We, we the kids wanted pesto pasta one night, right? Yeah. I thought, oh, we're making the green pesto pasta, and then we looked at them. We're like, oh, Sunday night, shops have shut. Like, oh, crap! I forgot the time. Uh, and Kirsty's like, I think I've got the ingredients in the cupboard. Bum, bum, Easiest, easiest thing in the world to make, man. Kirsty and Abby in the kitchen made made their own pesto. Best pesto I've ever tasted in my life. Yeah, I mean you've not tasted right. Lucy's. That's what I'm saying. But carry on. <laughs> Kids, oh, the pesto, pesto master. Uh, all right, game on. But I, ah, you know, I know, I know what you're saying. It just it, it takes that step just to go. Let's just make it ourselves. Do you know what I mean? And then what you're doing there is you're making something that's arguably going to be better for you because it's not going to have preservatives and all the rest of it in it. Um, you're in control of what you're putting in it, so you can make it to suit your palate. You're doing something yep. that you can do together as a family. And you're off your fat ass moving about. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> this is that exactly. Yeah. You're actually doing something constructive. Yeah, totally. Um, well, that's the thing. that We say that everything, why did the previous generations not have the obesity crisis? Because they moved more and they cooked better. Yeah. We don't We don't cook. Everything's based on convenience and moving about in a rush. And the biggest, one of the biggest things you had a lot of people during the pandemic is that it's been nice that kind of slow pace of life, having time to do things. And yep. it's the biggest thing I've noticed. Um, having more time to do things, you know, like, this is great, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, we now need to take that forward as we go back to some form or the, the new normal, is what they call, want to call it. Yeah. And take those lessons and go, right, what did we find really good, right? How can we then adapt that for being moving I think, ahead with the kind of new lifestyle? I think the real sad truth is the new normal is going to be the same as the old normal, mate. Mate, do you know people are just going to go back to doing exactly what they did before and it, it, right. it really genuinely upsets me to say that because again yeah, right. uh, as we said months ago if nothing else from this people should learn to take the good parts of it and keep doing them whether that's right. in your job if you can work from home to saving the commute and whatever else or whether it's, as we're talking about now, cooking your own dinners from scratch and all the rest of it, having a bit more of a, a, a slower pace of life. But uh, honestly, man, I think as soon as all of this is done properly, everyone's just going to go back to normal. You see it already. Do you want to know the, the, the best example of that? Was when North, at the beginning of the lockdown, you were limited to one hour of exercise a day. Yeah. Because I bouncing. Oh, yeah, totally. We've talked about this last time, yeah. People are out That's all the time. Amazing. People who never walk an hour in their life would be out for their hour. Yeah. Aye. I mean, I've seen people get out for walks, right, that their bellies were that big, that their belly arrived home 15 minutes before they left. And it was great seeing people out. And the amount of folk that actually seen me, like, dicking about in the park with slack line training and stuff, and they would actually stop and chat. And it beca- exercise became a common you know, that way that people, as soon as you get a dog, they would go. Aye. People talk to you a lot more when you've got a dog, and yeah. I'm like, And then, when I was exercising the park, people used to just blank me. Now they were actually stopped. Oh, what's that you're doing? Oh, what's that for? Oh, right, oh. I haven't getting into this routine. I've been doing this. See, now, I don't see any of those people. Yeah, yeah, totally. The moment it became unlimited exercise, and you, don't, you weren't really confined, yep. and you moved that structure out of their life, they just went back to their old ways. Yep. And that's the thing that <clears throat> we hate. We need to learn to. The people need to be educated on how to change or modify their behaviours. Yeah, aye, long term. 
Well, that's a long term. <coughs> going back to the, the, the NHS and stuff like that, right? So they're saying new measures will be in place to go along with these sort of changes and stuff from the government. Um, expanded weight management services from the NHS, online tools and healthy weight coaches, in quotations, to support patients try to lose weight, national campaign to help people lose weight and eat more healthy um, after the wake-up call of coronavirus, right? So this is what we're talking about. People need to learn from it. We've had, what was this, four months or whatever now, five months of having to go through all this and accept all these changes, but people have to learn from it. They have to be educated yeah. from it and take away yep. everything we've done. And that's the real danger, as we're saying now. Like A lot of people will just go back to what they were doing. So this is saying here, GPs will be encouraged to prescribe exercise, such as cycling and other activities. And next year, doctors will be offered incentives to provide help for people who are obese. Um, I'm saying they're going to pay for folk to go to Weight Watchers. Ah, see, you know, stuff like, like that's just right. bullshit, man. Bullshit. So, I mean, I've told that's you. All, all you're doing here is giving Weight Watchers more money. Aye. Who don't need it? There's Weight Watcher leaders out there who we know that <laughs> would actually drink, would stop eating just so they could drink more gin and wine at the weekend. Yeah. There's people, Weight Watchers instructors out there that if they pick food off your plate, they didn't believe the calories counted. Yeah, no. And that's the people that are meant to be influencing the next generation of people to lose weight. Yeah, how's, how, that. how's that educating people to have a healthy lifestyle, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a false potential. I know. Well, the, the, the whole, again, as we've discussed before, the, if, if all these diet companies worked properly, you wouldn't need any of these diet companies because people wouldn't need yeah. to go back all the time. They're there to make yep. money out of you and your uh, eating issues, do you know what I mean? They're not there to help uh, you. They're there to help you for 12 weeks and then get you back in another four weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's a joke. So Interesting point about the cycling. Yeah. Uh, which is great, great idea. Get everybody moving more, right? If you look at Amsterdam, for example, everybody's out cycling and bikes. Yep, massive multi-story car yeah, parks full right. of bikes. Right. Amazing place. So, right. What's that? It's an amazing place. It's great. Aye. No, they're, they're all stoned off their tits, obviously, like, but, you know, at least they're healthy and they're cycling. Exactly. Aye. But the bit that gets me is, right, and it's what we spoke about, remember we spoke about running versus rowing? Mm-hmm. Accessibility, right. Now, a good friend of mine, two years ago, kissed his wife, sat, sat on his computer at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, Ordered himself about. He said to his wife he was ordering a, a new t- a new t-shirt and a pair of shorts for his bike for to go cycling, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> later on, when she got the credit card statement through, it was two grand worth of bike stuff. He'd done. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, he's a proper oh. mammal, eh? Oh, he was oh, a total just. Oh, he loved his cycling, right? Problem was, he went out for his bike ride that morning, cycling along the Inchinnan in- Road, girl on her mobile phone. Looking down at a phone, ah, scared across the eh? killed him. Yep. Now, um, Joe, the wee, the wee tiny baker that trains at the gym. Yeah, yeah. He got knocked off his bike as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yep, he got hit, on, he got hit in Hillington. People weren't looking. Um, Abby, that was in the old gym, mm-hmm. a couple of times she got hit on her bike. There was one round, one time I'd cycled into the gym and I nearly got clattered. It was just the fact that it was about a week after Abby had been battered by a, by a car yeah. that I was kind of like, right, whoa. I just seen that car and I thought, hey, he's not, he's not seen me. And I'm like, yep. and I must be a few inches. You've then got the safety aspect of A, the roads. We do not have the infrastructure. But the, yeah, it comes down to infrastructure, doesn't it? It works yeah, in Holland because they've got the infrastructure to cope with it. So the infrastructure isn't in place in the UK in any city or town. Towns could maybe do it, but cities are not designed. They're not designed for it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more cycle lanes and stuff than there ever used to be. So uh, mm-hmm. there's an effort there, but again, it's a bit of a token gesture a lot of the time, isn't it? Um, if you're if you're wanting to be serious about it, there needs to be serious investment in it. That's the mm-hmm. bottom line. If you want to get people right. active and healthy you need to make sure that the public transport system is better and you need to make sure that the things like cycle lanes and all that are better. You need to give people the ability to go out and go, all right, cool, yeah, I will get a bike and I will go to my work on my bike. Because 
you can't just now. And even if the right, even look at the look yeah. at the whole affordability. Yeah. Again, we're talking the food's too the food's too expensive. So you're now telling you have to get a family of five bikes. Aye. Yeah. Those bikes are about two hundred. Start about two hundred quid. So there you go. You're going for a family of five. You're forking out about a grand. Yeah. Straight off for the bikes there. And again, we're the best yeah. one in the world. We don't have the best climate for being out cycling no. at your work every day. Yeah. Do you know we what I mean? Spoke about that. We spoke about running. Yeah. Row, row indoors or run outside when it's minus five, pissing wind and yeah. rain and heel smashing into your face yeah mm. I, get, I, t- I just don't want to be like I'm very aware that it kind of a bit of a naysayer about a lot of this that I've suffered you know what I mean and Britain as a whole can be like that just really negative and just like well I mean ah. I could get a biking cycle to my work but it'll probably rain at one point uh, there's no cycle path so I don't want it I'll just take my car the, the, I think there's probably too much of that we all need to do more um, and just kind of embrace it all a little bit we can all be too, a bit too negative I think sometimes Aye. I think another thing as well when we actually look at the logistics the before everybody lived close to the work so they could walk or cycle Yeah. now most people there's no way I could cycle to my work <laughs> not anymore no not anymore no be like a 50 mile round trip every <laughs> single day with bear on my back. No, I'm not going <laughs> to Get yourself and get my wee pair of goggles. Get, get my little basket to sit in front like Toto and the Wizard of Us. I like E.T. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that in the time frame of people's work, work life, not to mention, like you say, the climate and stuff. And then you've got for females, a lot of females I know don't go out running because they're scared. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sonia done the... Uh, it's a midnight cycle around Glasgow and Govan. Yeah. And there was guys, there was guys flashing. Her, I remember seeing that. Throwing yeah. things at her, chasing all that stuff. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to go out and do that just to think, well, I'm, I'm going to do my bit for the NHS. Yeah. And put myself at risk. No. Yeah, and as you said, as you kind of touched on there, there's the kind of the time frame. Do you know what I mean? In this country, we're so ingrained in that nine to five culture uh, at, at least you know what i mean a lot of people like are in eight o'clock working till six or whatever else just because they're so pressured because work is everything that the whole work life yeah. balance is so skewed in terms of work all the time if you're then adding yeah. in and it was worth a cycling either side of that when do you ever get home to spend time whereas no. get, i was talking about this to fee earlier on look at like scandinavian countries do you know what i mean they've just got a much better balance that the they work less hours but they're much more productive when they do it because they have they know they've got that time at the end of the day or they, they, they start earlier so they finish at lunchtime or whatever else or they only work four days a week but because you have that flexibility you're going to put in more of a shift when you're actually at your work because you appreciate what you're getting back Whereas mm-hmm. the, the the balance is so skewed here because people are just like, you need to work all the time. You need to be in here nine to five and blah, blah, blah. When realistically, nah. there's probably not enough work to warrant being in nine to five in a lot of cases. I'm not saying in all cases, nah. but a lot of cases people are just in fanning about for a lot of that time. Nah, just so just punching cool. a clock and saying, aye, I was in nine to five. What did you do for most of that? Uh, I sat and chatted to my pal in the, in the next booth drinking coffee or whatever. Whereas mm-hmm. if you worked three days a week, got just as much work done, but had that time on the other side for your family or your health, as we're talking about now, everyone would be a lot more productive and a lot happier. But again, that needs to come from a a government level and saying, here's what we're going to do here. This is why we're going to do it kind of thing. But it's Mm -hmm. it's, it's never going to happen. It's even looking at, if if you start looking at the kind of grassroots level for kids, accessibility for sports clubs, there's hundreds of sports clubs but again, accessibility is non-existent because it was when myself and Tony were at a, that Leap Scotland training course, we were talking about things and they're going, I mean, what do you think the barriers are for kids? And I went, well, accessibility is number one. Like, again, town, places are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So in order for a kid to finish school and get to a sports club, why are you putting on at four o'clock when there's nobody, you have, the parents are working till five or six? So they can't get a lift. Ah, but... They could get trans. They could get public transport, and I went right. Would you put? Would you allow Lucy to go and get a bus and a train herself into Glasgow for no. a club? Exactly. So they like that. So it's too many planes, trains, automobiles. Um, and there's too many dodgy places. All these sports clubs are built in the kind of outskirts. 
where it's do- where essentially it's dodgy. Mm. And a lot of them refuse to go there. Like, well, no, the time doesn't suit. We've got nobody to take us there and public transport shit for it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the flip side for the parents, for the adult classes. Again, they're put on at random times that just don't suit a lot of folk. And now it's impossible to put a class on that will suit everybody. Yeah. But the actual structure is set up so badly that the accessibility is virtually non-existent. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can only talk about from my own kids' point of view. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're really lucky in a lot of respects in terms of, like, obviously my hours are the same as her hours in school. Do you know what I mean? By and yeah. large, that'll change as she gets older and I can do more stuff after school and whatever else. But um, we've been really lucky in that she's had millions of stuff to get involved in whether it's straight after school at four o'clock or like even like quarter past three to be fair to the active schools guys i know you've got your issues with them but then the amount of things they have on either in the primary schools themselves where the kids can just stay on for an hour afterwards or at the local high school or whatever slightly later in the day there's tons of stuff man so if i get even i'm not saying they're perfect because they're, pro- they're yeah, probably not I think but it's actually school dependent yeah, but absolutely will be. It'll be dependent on the schools getting them in and seeing who's got what facilities and stuff. But again, we're very lucky in what we've got here. But I think they're doing as best they can to get kids involved in stuff. Where the issue would lie then is that sustainability after that. Yes, you can get them for an hour after school for a block of eight weeks or whatever. But then sometimes that same club isn't on in the next block so the kid gets a wee taster of eight weeks like basketball or whatever I really aye. like that alright okay oh, it's not back on again alright screw it I'll do something else then aye, too many but, tasters in again yeah but, without knowing the ins and outs of it you can't you can't start pointing fingers at them that's probably just aye. that council issue we don't have enough coaches yeah. that's one of the things that we brought up with Luke Scotland is that there's not enough coaches um, and my pal Vicky is talking about the I think it's like level two rhythmic gymnast coaches there aren't any in Scotland, and the Scottish ones aren't allowed to go to England ah, to get there, and they can't bring any of them for abroad to train them, so there's no progression, so yeah. then they can't have a level two to teach them. Yeah. It's the same with a lot of sports, if they don't have the right pathways there, yeah. to set up, uh, set up the right kind of, set up the process for somebody, say for example, you and me wanted to become basketball coaches, mm-hmm. we, we could probably go and get qualified easily enough, but to then go and set up a club would be bloody difficult because we don't. There's not enough well, sports halls to use. And if you look, for example, I had looked at. I ended up my badminton qualification. I thought I'm going to set up a wee club. It's one night a week, not just a wee kind of social thing. Mm-hmm. Get it set up, and there is nowhere in Cosyth, Kirkintilloch, Milton Acampsey, Cumbernauld area. Tried. There is nowhere that was available for me to hire. Right. Is that because they're already booked? The fact that there was church halls that said, look, I looked at church halls and their whole response was, no, we don't allow these activities now. Um, there was uh, community centres which said that we're booked out for these social groups. And I went, all right, and it was social groups that don't need to use a games hall, it could be used in a different hall. Yeah. So it's like a lot of these managers for sports centres don't even want to facilitate a lot of it because it's more hassle for them. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's not Again, good. The actual, I mean, I've dealt with sports venues loads over the years, and some of them, some of them are phenomenal. These guys would bend over backwards to accommodate you in any way they could. Yeah. Um, and then there's other ones that got that. No, nah, we're not taking any bookings. Aye, I get that. That's just then, down to the individual, wasn't it? That's just someone being an asshole aye. and being lazy. Like, what was it? The the football team I coach for them to hire a pitch for I think. Not just a wee Ashton pitch to hide, like it's kind of seven aside, it's even just for that, for like an hour. Something like £90. What? Aye. So. Yeah, I mean, stuff. Trying to do that for training two days a week, plus then have pitch hire on a Saturday for a game and stuff. Aye. A lot of these clubs are dying because of that. they need sponsorship, like four or five grand worth of sponsorship that will get them through the year, never mind travel costs and everything else. and they then got your aligned parents and stuff. And yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is pretty brutal to be fair. Um what was I gonna say? Uh aye, going back to this whole thing 
Bojo. Bojo is saying. So, in terms of money then, right? We're talking about the NHS and all the rest of it and funding for that. So, Matt Hancock, health secretary, saying deadly virus, wake-up call, blah, 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 right? If everyone who is overweight lost five pounds, presumably in weight, not money, <coughs> it could save the <laughs> NHS. No, no, if everyone if everyone is overweight, gave the NHS five pounds. No, if everyone who was overweight, again, very general term, we'll get back to in a minute, lost five pounds, it would save the NHS more than a hundred million over the next five years, right? Great. Good. Get people to lose weight. I have no idea how they worked it out, right? But you again, you go and drop five pounds, right? The next week, how how is that saved the NHS? Uh, presumably, they're talking about obese people who are then getting hospitalised for various issues. If people lost weight, it would save the. I know it's a total just random soundbite. Such a bullshit term. Yeah. If you actually ask them for hard data on how we came to that figure, I'm sorry, right? But somebody that's morbidly obese, five pounds is a snack. Yeah. That's not. A, Somebody that weighs 30 stone, you tell him to drop five pounds, that doesn't, and I know this sounds, this might sound really brutal and extreme, but a five pound weight loss for somebody that weighs 30 stone, morbidly obese, major health condition, that has got virtually zero impact. What they need to do is build on it over mm-hmm. a period of time to make a massive weight loss. Yep. Because five, again, five pounds, what? It's like trying to light a match in a, in a tornado. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that that's just a random soundbite. That's just somebody saying something just to be held, doesn't it, really? Ah. Um, so what he's saying is obesity is one of the greatest long-term health challenges that we face as a country. Yes, has been for quite a number of years now. Why has nothing been done about mm-hmm. it till now? Um, some other dude saying the this whole strategy is likely to be a missed opportunity saying there's multiple factors that contribute to obesity um it's also important to address the role economic and social factors like poverty and unemployment that drive poor health and inequalities play that's the biggest issue isn't it really yeah that's that is if you look at the majority of obesity figures they're probably in low-income households and stuff like that from poorer areas and things so have you ever heard of Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris that does all the uh, child, childhood ACEs? No. Adverse childhood experience stuff. Uh, Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris, she's an American doctor. Absolutely phenomenal to listen to. And she's now proven scientific proof that your postcode essentially, your postcode of where you're born and grew up essentially determines your life. Yeah. Not for everybody, but... They can actually say somebody with a postcode where you're born in, say, Mulgai. And if you've got a postcode that says you're born in Fergusley Park, Mm -hmm. the chances are you're going to be healthier and have a more successful life with your postcode saying that if you you grow up in Mulgai. Yeah. So again, this comes back to what we were talking about earlier, though. How do you change that? How do you change those uh, long-term socioeconomic factors, man? Do you know what I mean? Because areas like Mulgai have been affluent, well-off areas for hundreds of years. Areas like Fiji Park have been less well-off for an equally long time. Do you know what I mean? How do you change that? How do you break that cycle? Because you will get you will get outliers of like kids who grow up. In, in, in really deprived areas who will break that and go to university or not go to university but be dead healthy make a great income have a great job brilliant yeah. and they'll break right. that cycle but yeah I, I, you have to agree the, sure, the, sure. the majority sure. yeah the majority, the majority of those figures mm-hmm. you just follow well, that path don't yeah. you oh you know I'm moving to Gurkosh in just, just over a month right mm-hmm. now that area there when you mentioned 20 years ago when you mentioned Gurkosh oh that's Garkosh, Fiji, oh, not Fiji, uh, Easter House, oh, Aye. no, no, you don't, you, oh, that's a rough area. And kind of North Lanarkshire Council and Garkosh turned around and went, you know what, we're going to regenerate this area and make it better. Yeah. And now they spent the last 20 years actually changing it all, improving the quality of the house and improving the quality of the infrastructure and stuff. And it's now a sought after area, which. Yeah. Aye, it's just one area, but it can be done, and it's 
that for too long the governments and even when I worked when I worked for Hewlett Packard, you would speak to the councils in different areas would invest different money. And the, the, the kind of general stance was that oh, we're not going to invest in that area there uh, because this is a it's a down and out area mm-hmm. full of deadbeats. Whereas this area up here, oh, we're, we're going to invest money there. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but if you if from the day Lucy was born, you told her she was a loser and a waster, she's going to grow up thinking that. Yeah. And that's the problem. All these people growing up in these areas are, oh, you're Fifigia, you're scumbag. Yeah. And that's the problem, is that they're, they're, they're growing up in an area of a reputation and they're just brandishing it. And the same with the councils. It's like, well, we're not going to invest money there. Yeah. I mean, but- two schools. I dealt with their IT. But the exact same size of schools. Um, almost identical catchment area in the same council, but one was located in a nice area. One was located in a down-and-out area. One school had a budget of two grand for um, for laptop, or one had a budget of fifty, and that's the council making these decisions. Yeah, the same number of kids, and obviously their school. It was all. And I'm like, but how can that be possible? Because the guy who's buying it was working for. He was a kind of IT tech for the two schools. They went mm-hmm. basically say they don't expect kids to be any use with IT over here. That you know they don't. They don't they've actually the chiefs and the bosses have said, oh, we don't expect much of these kids anyway, so we're not going to waste the money on them. Right. And it's, it was disgusting to hear that. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that's changing now. Certainly, there is much more cash getting pumped into less affluent areas of education and stuff. Just yeah. to try and again, it's all that it's the attainment gap in it. That's the buzzwords Aye. in education all the time, and mm-hmm. it gets pointed. The finger gets pointed at teachers, as we talked about before, which is bullshit. But uh, yeah, yeah, if you're gonna try and, and help these sort of lesser areas you also need the people who stay there already to respect mm-hmm. that and, and get on board do you know what I mean Aye. and again with the greatest well in the world a lot of them don't they've just got no respect for anything and again that just comes as a generational thing sometimes it's just mm-hmm. if kids are growing up having no respect because their parents don't give a shit then uh, how, you, need, you need to break that somewhere mm-hmm. but again that's it's, it's another issue for another day isn't it right um Aye. I went, in, I went into the Gorbals Leisure Centre and taught some kind of martial art workshops there. Yeah. Uh, for kind of, like, it was kind of like local community sports days and stuff, right? And let kids try out different sports to see what they like and stuff and give them opportunities that they normally get. Yeah. And I went in at 8 o'clock in the morning to help set up and stuff and all that, and I was there till 6 o'clock at night. And I noticed these two wee girls were standing outside the door at 8 o'clock in the morning. I was like, hey, guys, are like, you here to join in? They're like, yeah, we can't wait. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, but I hate uh, you don't want to tarnish them with this brush but they looked as if they hadn't been washed and hadn't been fed in about a month mm-hmm. so I was like alright guys then you come here you want to come and help me set up like, yeah yeah I'd come so uh, myself and assistant instructors and these two wee girls came in they must have been about 10, 11 so about Abby you know just a bit kind of Lucy between Lucy and Abby's age yeah and they're in there chatting away cracking big kids and then at 6 o'clock at night I noticed that they were still there and everybody was coming in for an hour slot and then leaving. Yeah. And I was like, guys, oh, you've been here all day. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, you've not got a home to go to. And they burst out laughing. And they were like, ah, not right now. All right. Not right now? Well, is your mum or dad working? Um, uh, no. And then this week, the other girl burst into tears. And I was like, you okay? And she went... No, we've been told we've not to come home before 8 o'clock at night. We get kicked out at 7 o'clock this morning because both the parents are junkies in the shop. Like, they need to. We need about 12 hours for the heroin to wear off. And you're like... No. Yeah. Stuff like that's terrifying. But again, uh, all... I mean, I'd imagine it happens a lot in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. It's... I. Yeah. Uh, again, that's 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 a separate issue again, isn't it? Like, how do you right. how do you fix all that? Who I think knows? you now say either two, two or three out of five kids now will go to will start primary one obese. Yeah, uh, yeah, you you see it all too often, man. Just and that's and I'm sorry, but that's the parents' fault. Hundred percent. We talked about this in one of the the very first podcasts we did. Um, and it's the one thing that really does make me angry. Like, we <laughs> doing the shops the other day. <laughs> one thing that makes you angry? Well, one, one of several angry. things that made me really angry. Um, <laughs> fee's the best for stuff like this, man. She can't even pretend to hide her disgust. <laughs> we're walking 
I was out for a walk the other day. We were walking by the front door of Morrison's down the road, and there was a a woman came out right who was huge, right, and she had two kids who were spherical, like positively spherical, right. One of them, like the, the the wee boy, I think it was a boy, must have been maybe five at the most, right? Like honestly, like round, but yeah. Walking out the door of Morrison's, big tube of Pringles in one hand, bottle of juice in the other hand. Yep. Just stuffing his pudgy wee cheeks, right? That, but again, that that comes from parents. The the, the, the mum's huge, the size of a house, but then she's just foisting that horrific attitude onto her massive kids. Those kids are fucked, man. Yep, what chance have they got if they're obese at five years old? Aye. Like, I'm sorry, that's just awful parenting. You it's shouldn't just, be allowed to be in charge of a child if that's your attitude. Aye. The thing is, see if a parent was caught starving their child. Yeah. Kids taking off them straight away. Yeah. Right. Why? Because it's, it's adverse against their health. Now, why should obesity be any different? 100%. I'm sorry, but it's child, it's child abuse. It is. And I don't care if it pisses folk off because it's true. It's like, you see these amazing, the TV show, the documentaries about the feeders. Yeah. And all that American feeding. They've got the funnel down the wife's throat feeding her the whole the chicken fat and stuff like that. And mm. You're like, oh. Chicken fat. <sighs> <laughs> and it's just, it's just the same. You're basically, you're, I mean, Brody at the weekend there, but like, dad, I'm hungry. I went, right, go and grab an apple or a banana or whatever. And I went, I want sweeties. And I went, no, if you're hungry, yeah, I can make you a sandwich, I can make you, get you some fruit. We have this conversation with Lucy all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because kids, went, kids will eat you, you out of house and home, man. Kids will just eat all the time yeah. if you let them. But I, What was it Brian, Brian said to me? When, after the whole lockdown, we hadn't seen the kids for ages, and then I finally got them, that Brian's words were, and I quote, they're fucking piranhas. <laughs> you could give them a cardboard box and they'll eat it. Yeah, oh, totally, man. And again, it's worse if you are in the house all the time. You know you know what it's like for you as an adult. If you're in the house and you're not doing it and you're just like, you walk by the fridge, you're like, oh, let's have a wee look. Oh, what have we got today? Like, kids are like, well, exactly, he says, with a massive packet of crisps in front of his face. Kids will just eat all day long if you let them, do you know what I mean? And a, bun- a bunch of shit, unless you educate them otherwise. But like you said there, Brody's like, oh, I'm hungry. I want, like, going have that. No, I want sweeties. You just want to eat shit because you're a kid and that's you what you do sometimes. But well, after, after your responsibility you know, as an adult, as a parent, is to go, no. <laughs> if you're hungry, I'll... go and get something healthy. Right? That, that's how it stops. Yeah. No. That's it. But again, it comes Remember down to just the... lazy parenting because people just want their kids to shut up and get out of their face. Yes. They want to go, they want peace to sit and get on with their lives before they had a kid, right? And if that's your attitude, fuck you. <laughs> I've got Too no time for you. Like, I mean, there was a, there's parents that would actually give their kids multi-packs of crisps to get them to piss off so they could continue to play the PlayStation yeah. and the Xbox. Like that. Oh, there you go, son. Oh, there you go, sweetheart. Don't eat that. It's just, it's laziness, man. It's just absolute ignorance and laziness, right? And it's shocking. And that that, that that's what needs to be addressed. Like, right. all this stuff that he's doing, blah, blah, blah. Great, brilliant. I really, I really, really do hope it works, right? Um, but what really needs to happen is for people to go out to these sort of houses where kids are obese or parents are obese and people need to sit down and go, listen, you have to change and here's why, right? Because see, if you don't, you're going to die and your kids are going to die of the same thing, right? And see, instead of like this hundred million figure that's going to get saved in the NHS, getting spunked on saving all these clinically obese people who don't care, right? Just stop. <laughs> it's the same, like, I, I'm, I'm getting really ranty again. I do apologise, right? It's a choice. You, you got yourself in that position. Do you know what I mean? As an adult, right? Well, right, I'm going to contradict myself here, right? I'm saying it's a choice, but for all I know, that massive fat woman with the big fat kids 
maybe she was a little kid who's had big fat parents and the big fat parents fed her till she was big and fat and now she's yeah. big and fat and feeding her big fat kids right again the, somebody needs to go in there and say stop that stop that right now right mm-hmm. you're getting no more like gastric band operations or whatever right you either sort your shit out or we take your kids off you and you die do you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it sounds really harsh, but as long as people keep getting these get out of jail free cards and all the help they want and don't take it, then right. see if you what don't take it, they don't deserve it, man. You take you take a you take driving your car, right? Why do I need to wear a seatbelt? Well, if you crash, you die, or somebody crashes into you, you die. Right? Okay, right. So why don't we take the same stance with losing weight? Like, if you're obese, you got it right. I mean, if you're overweight and you catch coronavirus, you've got a higher chance of dying. If you if you need an operation, you've got a higher chance of not surviving the anaesthetic. Mm-hmm. If you um, if you're obese, you've got a higher chance of being bullied. Now, if somebody sat you down as a parent from day one and said, "Right, if your kid is overweight, there's a neighbor, you know what? I'm willing to put." I bet on this. I have nobody knows of a fat kid at school that's never been bullied for. Absolutely, the yeah. Right, and I'm, I'm, I'm plucking that number at me, but I guarantee one hundred percent of fat kids have been bullied at school because of their weight. Yeah. Now, my biggest fear um, of I beginning into high school, uh, right? What if she gets bullied? Yeah. Because it's a much bigger age group, right? Back to being the youngest one in the year, and all that, right? Yep. What about this? And it's, but at least I know she's. Not twenty five stone rolling into first year. Yeah, just, she's going to get picked on. You want your kid to be as well rounded, no pun intended, as no as pun. possible. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You just want. That should have been me. <laughs> well educated, <laughs> polite, healthy kid. Surely that's what every parent wants for their child. Yeah. If you don't want that for your child, then don't have a child, man. Do you know what I mean? Because you just but... you're just immediately making the life much harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's wrong ultimately um, right to wrap up then because to round up to round up <laughs> uh, let's quickly talk about how they calculate obesity <laughs> everyone's favourite measurement <laughs> your face <laughs> Scott just slapped his iPad Um <laughs> The BMI, body mass Bullshit index. Mass yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So the NHS says most adults with a body mass index of 25 to 29.9 are overweight, while those with a BMI of 30 to 39.9 are classed as obese. So for people who don't know, the BMI is calculated by dividing a person's mass in kilograms by the square of their height in metres. My brain hurts already. So... Right, so this is bullshit, right? Yes, it Um, is. Because, right, so... Chat amongst yourselves. Scott's calculating. Right. So BMI index, uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger won it, his final um, Mr. Olympia, right? Mm-hmm. Best shape of his life. He was classed as morbidly obese. Yep, obviously. Could see him. I've just done... <laughs> I've just done my BMI. Right. And it says, I'm overweight. Right, so... Hold on. Uh, I don't know what we am. I'm probably let, well. Let's let's say I'm ninety kilos, right? I'm probably not that much yeah. to be honest at this point. And six foot, so that's one point eight meters, right? And 90, 90 kilos. What's that then? Do the maths. Well, I'll put it in for you. Alright, okay. I'll do so one point eight meters and uh, ni- ninety kilos. You're 90 kilos, right? 1.8. Hold on. So you're six foot? Yep. 
ninety kilos, age forty one. Yep. Sex. Yes, please. <laughs> What's your activity level? What <laughs> right Are now or normally? <laughs> <laughs> Normally less than 30 minutes a week, moderately active 30 to 60 minutes a week, or active between 60 and 150 minutes a week. They're having a laugh. Is that their activity level scale? Moderately yeah. active 30 minutes a week? Yeah. That's outrageous, man. Well, in that case, yeah. even just now, when I'm doing next to nothing, I'd be outrageously active. Right. You've got the same BMI as me. You're both, <laughs> <laughs> right. both overweight. Brilliant. Now, Jerry, keep your comments been... to yourself. Oh, do you see? He's now, he can now uh, stop shopping in Gap. No I saw that, Gap. aye. He's, right. he's buying the extra large junior section, aye. Right. Well, I'll say it, I'll medium. <laughs> right. So, based on our, our results are identical, right? Uh <laughs> Just so anyone who knows us, right, would know, like, we're not overweight or anywhere near obese. <laughs> God like specimen. Yeah, man. Imagine, imagine Arnie just before his peak. <laughs> <laughs> when he was 12. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so, myself and Colm have just done both, we've both got identical BMIs, 26.8, saying that we're overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting right in the middle of the overweight section. So halfway between healthy and obese. Yeah. Right? Um, we've both been recommended we should aim to lose four and a half kilos of weight. Or sorry, fat, because that's a big that's what we need to talk about next week. Yep. Um it says here, right? A healthy weight, this is where my big issue comes into, and this what mainly affects Women more so than men because they get told, oh, I should be nine stone because the magazines say I should be nine stone. Yeah. And you're like, no, you'll you die. Right. And it creates unhealthy body images and perceptions. It says a healthy weight range. Our weight for our height and age mm-hmm. should be from 62 kilos what? to 83.7. What? Yeah. That's 60, what, 63 kilos in old money then? 64 kilos is 10 stone. Right, that's mental. Yeah. Right, so when I first trained with Jerry, right, like back when this all kicked off, not this corona thing, like actual being healthy and exercising and that, when it, when he stripped everything out of my diet, right, it was basically just like next to nothing just to strip all the fat away. I get down to like 11 stone, just over 11 stone, and I looked ill. I looked emaciated, right? I weighed in for the World Championships a few years ago in Greece at 78.8 kilos, and everybody was like that. You look as if you've got cancer. Yeah. You look look like death. Yep. Aye. That's that's outrageously light. Aye. Even then, another 16 kilos to take off that. Mad. Uh, Yeah, so the the BMI thing's just a lot of shite, isn't it? It doesn't take into consideration... Like how what that weight is. Yeah. So it's seen you you could be you could be I don't know whatever weight that falls within the healthy category, but wildly unfit, and most of it could be fat. Whereas you yeah. could be seventeen stone of pure muscle and be out yeah. doing hill sprints every other day, but you're clinically obese. Yeah, that's and that should throw so it. many folk off. And the amount of women I've had and guys had contact me over the years in tears over their BMI because they've been to their doctors. Yeah. And it's, it, it's disgusting what it's told. I mean, you step on the scale. Oh, hello. Uh, the bass index, when you step on the scale, it gives you a number of how much weight is on that scale. Yeah. It doesn't, you could have two people weighing exactly the same. They could both weigh 14 stone each, be the same height, One's got a 5% body fat, another one's got a 27% or 40% body fat. Yeah. How can they be classed as the same medically? I know. It's just, it's utter nonsense, isn't it? It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Yep. Um, Arsehole. And that's the problem, (laughs) is the fact that 
NHS, big farm and all that. Don't want us to be healthy because there's no money in healthy people. Yeah, yeah. I oh God, this is it. You could this is where you start going down the the conspiracy theory track and all the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? You could really dig yeah. into it and painkillers are one of the biggest sold products in the world. Yeah. So if you've got fat, healthy people that don't have any ailments or back pain or overweight aches and pains and stuff like that, they're not going to buy all these things. Yeah. I talked about it before that that um, Bill Bryson book I was reading. I can't remember what the the thing they were talking about. It was some. Uh, pill for some curing something, but they were like, "Listen, was it? Oh, oh shit!" Anyway, it was like curing. Let's say, for example, the flu or some shit. Right? It's like mm-hmm. we could do that, but there's no money to be made in that. All the all yeah. the all the money they want to put in is in like um, antidepression drugs and stuff like that. Because you can get a pill that cures this disease, and then you'll never get it again. But if you're on anti antidepressants, you're on it for the rest of your life. So that's where they make yeah. their money. Do you know what I mean? They couldn't it's give a shit about. They couldn't give a shit about trying to find a cure business. for stuff. That's why the, the whole coronavirus thing's interesting in terms of finding a vaccine for that. Like, how much effort's actually been putting into it? Because if they find mm. the vaccine for it, you, people use it once and they don't need it again. Aye, I don't know. It's yeah. Again, without mm-hmm. opening a whole conspiracy can of worms, it's interesting yeah. to read into. That. But anyway, ultimately, it's all the fault of the Chinese and the 5G towers, isn't it? So, it's oh, yeah. them, it'll be fine. Not, I need to nip out just now and put my tinfoil hat on. <laughs> totally. <laughs> going to start digging my, my bomb shelter in the back Woo! garden. Right. That was quite ranty, as always. It was but ranty. More so than usual. So, uh, it's nice to be talking about something vaguely meaningful instead of Aye. just shooting the shit, though. Next week, we'll talk about them between losing weight and losing fat. Okay. Let's do it. Because that's a big statement. That'll kind of lead on for the snake oil salesman for last week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right enough, aye, true enough. Um, yeah, cool. I genuinely hope this this whole thing makes a I'll difference, works, man. But... The, the pessimist yeah. in me says it won't matter a toss, but again, you, you can but hope, man, do you know what I mean? Uh, I also hope the Tories don't sell off the NHS, but you know. <laughs> There's definitely a bigger chance of the two-for-one pizza deals not <laughs> or making a difference, rather. Than those fuckers yep. selling off the NHS. <sighs> anyway, it's another rant for another day. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Bye, everybody. Yeah, let's go. See you later on, everyone. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm away for a pizza. Yeah, uh, totally. <laughs>